0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers nearly a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, Crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long forgotten cases, newspapers.com gives you a front row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUP OF for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUP OF MURDER at newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. If I asked you right now to list all of the subscriptions you pay for, would you be able to? I really thought my answer to that question would be a resounding yes, but with the help of Rocket Money, I was able to find some sneaky ones I must have forgotten to cancel before the free trial ran out. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting slash kid subscriptions, though they all seem like really small amounts, when pulled together, that's a pretty big chunk of your spending money out the door. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com slash morning cup. There were two more murders 15 miles Police away survived, in the the telephone really and electricity line weird, described uh-huh. by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. What makes a person snap? On December 22nd, 1987, a decorated military man began what would be considered the worst mass murder in Arkansas history, and the worst crime involving one family in the history of the country. But why did he do it? So, if you like your coffee hot, but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Ronald Gene Simmons, born July 15, 1940, joined the Navy before even finishing high school. Three years later, while stationed at the Naval Station Bremerton in Washington, he met a woman named Brasabe Rebecca Ulibari. The two headed off and married in New Mexico on July 9, 1960. Over the course of their 18 years of marriage, the two welcomed seven children. Three years after getting married, Ronald left the Navy and two years later joined the U.S. Air Force where he finished out what would be a 20-year decorated military career during which he was awarded the Bronze Star, the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross, and the Air Force Ribbon for Excellent Markmanship. At the time of his retirement on November 30, 1979, he had achieved the rank of Master Sergeant. Up until this moment, Ronald had not caused any ripples that may have given warnings for what was to come. When many think of a decorated military person, they think of him and her with respect. But by 1981, Ronald Simmons was under investigation by the New Mexico Department of Human Services after allegations were made that he fathered a child with his 17-year-old daughter. You see, behind closed doors, this man had been sexually abusing his daughter, Sheila, for years. Fearing arrest, he packed up his family and fled to Dover, Arkansas. While there, the family lived on a 13-acre piece of land that they called Mockingbird Hill. On this piece of land, Ronald and his children constructed a home by joining together two older mobile homes, inside of which there was no phone, no indoor plumbing, and was surrounded by a 10-foot makeshift privacy fence. Around town, they were known as the Odd family, who lived in relative seclusion, but never raised enough alarms to cause concern, though later, many would criticize the professionals around them for not seeing the signs of deeper turmoil. However, no one, not even Ronald's family, expected what would happen just days before Christmas in 1987. That morning, Ronald used a 22 caliber pistol to shoot and kill his wife Rebecca and eldest son, 29-year-old Ronald Jean Jr. He then moved on to strangle his three-year-old granddaughter Barbara to death before dumping all three bodies in a cesspit he forced his children to dig months prior. He then waited for his other children to return from school and once they arrived, he told them to come inside because he had a present for each of them. They excitedly entered their home where their father told them he wanted to give them their present individually. One by one, they entered, and one by one, Ronald Simmons strangled and then drowned in a rain barrel each of his children. 17-year-old Loretta, 14-year-old Eddie, 11-year-old Mary Ann, and 8-year-old Rebecca. He lined each of the bodies up in neat rows while he waited for the last of his children to arrive on December 26th for Christmas celebrations. That's when he shot his 23-year-old son, William, and his 22-year-old wife, Renita, before strangling and drowning their 20-month-old son, Trey. Then came his 24-year-old daughter, Sheila, the one whom he had been sexually abusing, her 23-year-old husband, Dennis McNulty, and finally the seven-year-old child he fathered with his own daughter, Sylvia Gale, and her 21-month-old brother, Michael. He added their bodies to the neat rows in the lounge, all of which were covered in coats except Sheila, who was covered with their best tablecloth. The bodies of his two grandsons were wrapped in plastic sheeting and left in an abandoned car at the end of the lane. After he murdered 14 members of his family, Ronald Jean Simmons left his home, went out for a drink at a local bar, came home, and spent the rest of the evening drinking and watching TV amongst the bodies of his loved ones. However, Ronald wasn't done with his crimes. On December 28th, he drove into Russellville, walked into a law office, and killed the receptionist whom he had been infatuated with and had rejected him. Then he moved on to an oil company where he shot dead a man named J.D. Chaffin and wounded the owner before driving to a convenience store where he previously worked and wounded two more. Finally, he went to the office of the Woodline Motor Freight Company and shot and wounded a woman. After he was done, he sat chatting with the secretary, forced her to call police, and stated, quote, I've come to do what I wanted to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. He surrendered to police as soon as they arrived. Ronald Gene Simmons was charged with 16 counts of murder, found guilty, and sentenced to death. When given the opportunity, he refused to appeal his sentence, stating that, in his case, anything short of a death penalty would be, quote, cruel and unusual punishment. On June 25, 1990, Ronald was executed by lethal injection. None of his relatives claimed his body, and he was buried in a potter's field. Over the years, blame has been tossed around when the subject of the Simmons family is broached. Many believe that this family was the epitome of everything social service workers and school counselors are trained to detect. His children never attended school functions, never had friends over, and never stayed with friends. But they also had perfect attendance, flew under the radar, and teachers didn't know them well enough to notice any irregularities. Their mother was noted to have bruises on numerous occasions that went unreported and tried to leave several times unsuccessfully. Could a school or a community have noticed something and stopped this massacre? Could one phone call have raised enough suspicion to get agencies involved? At the end of the day, the problematic family was ignored, or at least left unchecked, leaving this man to take the lives of 16 individuals. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on December 24th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe, and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon, or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember... Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need.